0: Welcome to Riverdale. All right, so first second, third, first things first is the real no. Um, I don't even know. (laughs) This episode has proven to um uh, that Riverdale is just crazy as fuck and it's going all off the rails there is no concept of time here football has been lasting for 37 years um, it was just snowing a couple episodes ago and now it's not and I don't know what season we're in wrestling is about to pick up has homecoming even happened are we what five days into the school year or are we five months I don't know what the hell is going on but this episode was wild as per usual. Act one, crazy as fuck. Act two and three, uh, I just a lot of stuff. I was surprisingly I was surprised by a lot of stuff. Really kind of um, fucked me up and kind of messed with my head. Some and it's so odd because with the way this show has been going. First of all, the first season was good. I enjoyed it, and it was very grounded in reality. Or it took the elements of Archie and put it in this reality and it did it in a way that was very wrapped up in a nice neat tidy bow, or whatnot. this episode and this season however they're just firing on all cylinders and because we have 22 episodes versus the 13 I'm thinking like were they trying to shove in two seasons worth of material into this season like on the off chance that they may not get a third season and I'm just like damn okay so, um I don't know. This is this has been pretty good. So I uh live tweeted the episode, like of course, a day late and a dollar short because of course work <laughs> the nine to five got in the way of my passion job. And um I was going through the motion. I was like going through it. So we start off with um I don't know what like I don't know what happened prior to seeing sweet pea and jughead like with this like interaction so forgive me whatever happened like the first two minutes of the episode i have no idea because what sweet pea pulls out blueprints for a pipe bomb and i'm like all right well this is what the fuck we got going on now like a pipe bomb it's like this show keeps constantly trying to one-up itself every episode (laughs) and this is um oh by the way this is chapter 18 when a stranger calls, I believe the beginning uh, scene was probably with that black mask or black hood. And ba- I don't know, but this pipe bomb, though, like, they're good. What? Like, I get gang violence, I get fighting, I get. But then again, I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. A pipe bomb is extreme, but at the same time, you can't hit somebody and then get mad when they hit you with a car. You know, you can't inflict pain on somebody and then. Police, how they respond to defend themselves. So, although Archie pulled that gun out, and I think he's trash for that, they stabbed Dilton, and then they, you know, the North Siders, the North side of Riverdale, um, targeted the, or or uh, created this narrative that the South Siders attacked them, and so they're just like, shit, we about to go all in, a motherfucking pipe bomb, y'all. Wh- who's writing this show and? On what smart and what <sighs> River I don't know. So <laughs> getting back to that. So we have a pipe bomb and he says Sweet P the gang member in the serpents says something to J K. because Juke is like, Oh no, you know, what are you gonna do? Don't do that, whatever. He's like, um, you can't be half a serpent and I don't know if it's because again I'm too invested in this show or what, but once he said that it clicked with me. I was like, Yeah, you're right, you can't be half a serpent. Like, nigga, you you have to be all in or all out. You can't have one foot on the south side and one foot on the north side. Like, your little preppy-ass Riverdale north side friends are perpetuating. They are keeping this narrative going that the south side is all trash and all bad and whatnot. And you can't exist in both worlds comfortably. You can't exist in both worlds at all actually. Just one or the other. Like you're either with us or with them and it's like okay. Again, I buckle my seatbelt, I was ready for war, just like everybody else. So, um we moving forward a little bit and we get Veronica and her mom and dad and, you know, they want to be a part she wants to be a part of lodge industries and he's thinking he being uh Hiram about um, you know, how to sweet talk this one billionaire motherfucker they used to run with back in the day, who is some white man. And then I'm, don't even, I'm so... There's so many spicy white people and so many white-passing people of color that i don't even know if this man was white him and his wife look like old white people but the son looked like you know a little italian a little latino a little something like a little he looked like a little something he looked like maybe a little spicy white itself. but all that being said they need to sweet talk these people and it's like they keep kind of pimping their daughter or pushing their daughter to like impress these men or or use her feminine wiles to like make stuff happen in their favor and it's like oh okay that's that's something I mean I don't I don't know if that's how y'all getting down is that what Hermione used to have to do back in the day or is this something you're just pushing upon your daughter because this billionaire son is about her age like I don't know um pause right here take a couple steps back what happened was the um the the black mass was speaking to Betty and he was like yeah uh, I'm gonna kill somebody and you're my best friend now and you know you better do right and she's like oh how do I know that you're real and he said something about yeah and I'm gonna um I'm gonna gut your sister like a pumpkin and when he said that um Betty and Black Hood on the phone I feel as if Betty was like her either her acting was terrible or something but it was like she was unfazed by I'm going to gut your sister like a pumpkin, like or carve her up. Somebody says that about my sister, and they've proven that they've at least killed one person. And although unsuccessfully, they've attempted murdered uh-oh, a bunch of other people. I'm just like, okay. I think I'm subject to believe that one. You feel like, like you you are you can't do that, and then who is my sister like i don't i don't know it's like even if me and my sister had a horrible relationship the fact that you're telling me you're gonna gutter like a pumpkin after you've proven that you have killed like it's i don't know that was just odd to me, that she was so unfazed like oh no don't don't kill polly like <laughs> but no getting back to um veronica and her family they uh that whole i'm i feel like they're they they get there to a certain point, wherever there is, and then we just don't get any follow through. I'm getting the family and the interactions. I don't know. Maybe it's because I want more, or there's genuinely something missing. If you think so too, please tweet me carefree blurred hashtag wtrpod. But I'm. It's like when I see this family, I'm all in. I want to see more interaction, even if it's catty and shady and whatever. But I'm not getting something from them something is missing and i it's just it's bothering me and maybe it'll develop over the next couple episodes or the season but I feel like I'm missing something from the lodges so um, Veronica's talking about her bad girl days I'm just like girl, what the fuck are you talking about yo wholesome ass there was no bad girl past so um, I don't know in the midst of this I'm sitting up watching the show and I'm just like where are my girls where are the pussycats Where are... Like, where are they? And I don't want them to awkwardly be, like, shoved into an episode just to meet the, you know, melanin quota. But it's just like, all this shit is going on. And for Josie and the Pussycats to be such a big part of Archie Comics, much like Sabrina, why are we not getting more of them? And... Ugh. I don't know. So, um, spoiler alert, we do get more later on. But I was just so ticked off. So we get this the black mass is like oh check your email and uh You better publish this story so you'll prove your loyalty to me. Mm, First of all, sir, I'm loyal to no one. Get the fuck out of here. Now, so her and Archie checked the email, and it's a picture of Alice Cooper, a trouble team back in the day. And me watching this, I was thoroughly enjoying it. I was like, oh, shit, he about to fuck shit up. He ain't killed nobody or attempted to kill anybody in a while. Now he about to just let secrets go, and I'm here for that. I'm here for the black mass. That's like, all right, y'all, me trying to kill y'all ain't doing shit. Let me let all y'all secrets out the closet. So... Uh, she's like, she being Betty, oh, I can't let this out, my mom, and such and such, and Archie gets to this, hmm, there is this feeling, or this disdain with him and his friend's parents, like, again, no matter how horrible these parents have been, they still are your friend's parents, and uh, Betty's like, oh, I can't release this, you know, that would that would hurt my mom's credibility, and I was thinking, what credibility? She's like, the only newspaper in the town it doesn't matter if she's credible or not she's the only news but Archie was like yeah what credibility and fuck your mom and your mom's a bitch and I and she, hey I hate that hoe and it was just like what are you doing this is still her mom and this is a story about which I get it once this the this part of the story the plot came back up again it was revealed that she used to be a serpent i guess and that's what fucked me up and it's like you can't be from the south side been this bad girl on the wrong side of the tracks but then turn around and use your new education and white privilege to act as if you know you've never done anything and when there when she's confronted alice um Betty's like yeah you're you're a hypocrite whatever and she's like where'd you get this picture from i scrubbed this from every uh newspaper or whatever and i'm thinking like watch whiteness work this motherfucker alice i'm gonna assume is like in her mid 40s or early 50s and she didn't have two three kids uh two of which are at home one of which is at home and the other one's pregnant with her cousin's babies but you've existed in this realm of this you know, blond haired, blue eyed white world where you are unscathed and you've been able to control the narrative both figuratively and literally because you are the news and now this shit is coming back up for you to be like, Oh, I, I ripped this from every headline or whatever else. I'm like, damn, Alice, I'm trying to be on your side <laughs> Not really, but bitch, I can't be on your side. So, um prior to that, What fucks me up is there's this fake argument that, like, on all the shit that Betty and Alice argue about, it's like they waged in this argument to fuel Betty releasing this photo. And I'm just like, that was, like, unneeded. Like, you didn't, I don't know. Like, so the argument is as follows. which alice her and betty are sitting up at the uh, on the the stairs with chef keller talking about this shit and what she says makes sense like i'm watching the show so i understand what the truth is betty and jughead found out about the the i don't know puzzle piece put this shit together from a nancy drew book she used to read back in the day which makes me feel like the black mask is somebody close to her who knows her really well because she's not a kid anymore that being said if this was something that happened in real life, in real time, in the reality we live in, it would make a lot of sense that okay, you got this cryptic letter about an event that was supposed to happen. Nothing happened, but you and your little thug boyfriend are trying to um, like get attention or something. Like it when you look at the when you look at it through the lens of Riverdale, we understand what the real story is. But when you look at it through the lens of, through the lens of the world in 2017. It does make a lot of sense. Like Alice again is existing in this plane where she is in reality and everybody else is like in this odd time capsule loop or something. So, um yeah, there's that. So she sends she being Betty, sends Archie this uh text about Yeah, we're publishing that mugshot and then that's when everything goes downhill and uh Alice is like, girl my white privilege card how you gonna try to revoke this shit like so um we get veronica with this dude nicky nick whatever from back in the day who she used to roll with when she was a socialite and all that and he shows up and fucks shit up his damn self and um i think it's pretty interesting like i don't know i'm assuming he's just a one-off character that they're just throwing in um mainly because of the way the show ended but him coming in to shake shit up was cute and i like i didn't know what i really felt about him initially because i'm like okay another pale face in here in riverdale that's fine but he through him we were able to pull in my girls brought back my girls we got the pussycat dolls pussycat dolls we got the pussycats, so the pussycats and we got um cheryl so you know I that's i'm and you know another side note i think the reason that i'm so keen and so fond of cheryl is because back in the day i used to watch desperate housewives like when it first came out and brie Kamp, Marsha Cross, i was so drawn to her there was something about her about this polished look that was just a mess on the inside and then even further back when i used to watch boy meets world Bree marsha cross was topanga's mother now she didn't show up a lot but it was something about seeing her there and then even further back watching melrose place watching her go crazy and shit back in the day it's like either something about pale red-haired, white women or it's something about this aesthetic that is kind of a through line from melrose place to uh, boy meets world to desperate housewives to that character brie which i think may have kind of latched on to Cheryl and I don't know I'm not a psychologist psychiatrist therapist none of that but there's something there and like I'm like a huge Cheryl fan and it helps that she's very shady and she's like this walking talking uh pop culture I don't know robot (laughs) but um and there's something about mean girls mixed up in there. Something, there's something to impact. I don't know. Somebody let me know. If you know, let me know. Carefree Blurred on Twitter, Bot. But I, um, so he shows up and he's like, yeah, we're going to have this little party, whatever. And how he's blatantly flirting with Veronica. Like, if you're a jealous lover, I'm sure you'd be on his head in a heartbeat. But I felt like... I was angry with this episode because as much as Archie ran amok last episode and was going crazy, Nick is almost forcing me to side with Archie, although Archie isn't even saying much about this these interactions, and I think I'm more upset with Veronica because I'm like, motherfucker, you know this nigga is into you, you know y'all have history and whatever else and you see how flirty he is and that's cool and you know you don't want to be an insecure lover but he's blatantly like giving it to you in front of your dude and you're not saying him is cool with me know. Eh, their relationship overall i could care less about that archie and veronica don't have chemistry they don't feel real to me so um yeah <laughs> so yeah so yeah <laughs> so getting to all of the bullshit like falling apart and whatever cuz this show is again I just keep leaning on we have 22 episodes and shit is like jam packed from start to finish there's nothing but bullshit going on uh we get the cat, the pussy cat excuse me and Cheryl back so I'm I'm here for that now nick like oh come back to my room for a party such such and i'm like why every time <laughs> do we have a party on this show or something it's always like 5 to 7 people and they're just sitting around and eating pizza. It's like, it's always... Like, when you say a party, I don't know. It's whatever. That's odd. So, everyone gets dressed up. They dress to the nines. They look like damn grown-ass prostitutes. All of them. Excuse me. Grown-ass, um... Stereotypical sex workers and shit. So, um... We get to the party. And we have the Pussycats. We have, uh... Archie, Veronica, Betty, Cheryl... Kevin, Reggie, and Nick, of course, who's throwing the party. And lo and behold, Nick opens his jacket pocket, and we get the jingle jangle. We get the list of jangles, and this motherfucker ain't, ain't playing no games. And I guess to either give him a line <laughs> to kind of explain why he's there, or maybe he blurted it out and they kept it in. But Reggie's like, I sold him that. And I was like, okay, can we do more? I just... I feel like a lot of times they have these characters and they become these fan favorites or they um are here to flesh out the world or at the very least they probably just like are contracted to be in x amount of episodes so you just need to put them in like this episode with Reggie and like the red circle circle K Reggie pull out of Reggie um actually pulling out a a gun episode where cheryl was just like passing out shirts and shit it's like you get these episodes and it's it does it works for and against the show i think it works against it in the sense that you're just throwing these lines here and there you mix people up a little bit and it just comes off kind of awkward but then it works for it because it's like okay this is a real world i can see that these people who are friends would be around each other so um we get the jingle jangle And the pixie sticks, whatever. And, um, I made a note to say that Reggie is still a good looking Asian man. And I harp on that or I focus on that every episode because you don't get a lot of Asian men being taken seriously or being seen as alpha men or being seen as, um, not necessarily alpha, but just like objects of your affection or sex symbols or all that. So we're getting more of that. We're like into the Badlands and even on, um, Iron Fist or Coachella Fist or whatever the Asian character, although kind of stereotypical, they were more they were more than just, I guess, silent ninjas. Um, but so that's why I really I'm really excited about um, about Reggie and about his presence, even if it's just I sold him them drugs. Like just to see him on screen where you have an attractive Asian guy who isn't this geeky stereotype bad skin textbook doing math and science like all these stereotype um and labels that you'll put on a certain group of people i like to see that he is no i'm rich and um handsome and i have a nice body and i um am popular and like just little shit like that so i'm again kudos to richie but what i saw when everybody was getting hot these motherfuckers was rolling kevin and cheryl Their depiction of being high was the best. I mean, I found a GIF online, and I don't know how quickly this GIF was made, but these motherfuckers were rolling, and I was in tears. Like, this was a good episode. Um, Reggie and Josie. I ship it. I ship it. I I don't really do that, but I know that's a big thing in fan fiction culture. Shipping folks together And not motherfucking ship Reggie and Josie I want to see this develop um, One because I want to see more of Josie I want to see more of these black girls These beautiful black women On screen In the midst of all this shit This is the type of show Where as much as I Don't want them to be a part of this Murdering Running around going crazy shit I want As much as I don't want them to be a part of that I do Because I'm like shit That's what the show is Like Then it's like you're Deliberately ex- excluding the people who would have experienced a lot of the oppression that you're trying to convey through classism, through Southsiders versus Northsiders. A lot of the shit seems like it's just a knockoff of being racist and of um, experiences that people of color have had, but you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems as if the way the show is doing some of these storylines, why would you not include these people of color? And then even uh, with Reggie, his um, Asianness, uh, so to speak, isn't even being addressed. And I don't need it to be a trope or something to move the pot along to, you know, get a white saver in there. But just the people who would have experienced these things in real life are not even a part of any... I don't know. That could be a good or a bad. Let me know what you think in the comments. Let me know what you think. Uh, Carefree Blurred on Twitter. WTR you Um yeah it just it's some that just is kind of odd to me uh all that being said, I want to see Reggie and Josie together like bring him a little bit more screen time get her a little bit more screen time and I like to see them together to explore their families because we know Reggie is Asian. I don't know if I don't know if the actual actor is Asian and white or if he's mixed or if he's just Asian or I don't know if Reggie in this universe is biracial or if he's Asian like you know through and through or whatever if that's the case or even if it isn't i want to see his family explore more we got a little hint here and there last season okay y'all don't judge me i update my damn software so um with 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 uh with Josie we got a little bit of glimpse we got her father her father came back from tour whatever the hell he was doing we had dinner with him and her and Fred and her mom and it's just like man give me more we got Valerie's black ass brother and I keep referring to him as that because I want you to know that she has another family member and he's a black ass dude and he's running around Riverdale somewhere like how are they living how are they existing in this um black hood climate of what's going on with the black hood how are these people reacting to them you know i don't i'm just i'm tired of not seeing black people in riverdale shit so i love that the pussycats was decked out in red um everybody high as hell and i was upset because like oh shit we get the black girls in and then they gotta get high but it's like fuck it that's what this show is this show is just a shit storm of bad decisions being made by everybody so um Reggie's dumb Reggie, excuse me Archie's dumb I think the show did a really good job this episode at conveying how stupid or how impressionable um Archie is and you know kudos to them for that and if that was a happy accident kudos to them for that so the thing here That the Black Hood is telling uh, Betty, you got to pull away from your friends. Stay the fuck away from Veronica. He's so personal to the point where I really feel like he is her long lost brother. Like we mentioned the brother and that was that and we didn't get a lot more. I really honestly feel like Betty's brother is somehow the Black Hood. And... If they're smart, they'll make him the the Black Hood because he's the one we'll least expect. Um, I wanted to say it was Hal for a minute because I'm like, yeah, he knows his daughter. He knows everything she's been through. But it's like his body and his face, He's he he is not in, in peak physical condition like the Black Hood is. And although the Black Hood seems to be a little older, like mature, like 30s plus, in this world that this show exists in, everyone who is supposed to be 15 16 17 are clearly full grown adults. So I can't say that because he looks so grown, he couldn't be Alice's son. Um and then with the the revelation that Alice was a serpent, now it's like was that a son that she had with FP? Do they have that history? Like we already got the secrets about the Blossoms and the Coopers back in the day, you know, being related and shit. Now like is this going to come out that yeah, and this is why he feels so close to Betty and why he feels like they're one and the same. Because I feel like he keeps talking about killing Polly and seeing her at the farm and this is this and that. But I don't feel like he's going to kill her. I feel like it's just a threat to keep um, Betty like in his control. And this whole thing with Betty, it seems like he... Caesar, she asks a question like if i were to see you would i recognize you like if i seen your face would i know who you were or some shit like that and he's like yeah and i'm thinking you could take that a couple of different ways either he's the one who she knows or you know is from the city or would i recognize your face like oh you look like a cooper you look like dad or you look like mom or you look like me you look like polly i feel like in that sense maybe he was thinking um like I don't know metaphorical and then I that goes to the end of the episode where you know to jump ahead some where she um shows up at this house on the edge of Fox Forest and where he sent her to and makes her put a hood on that's wrapped in this nice little pretty box and she turns around and looks in the mirror and he was like yeah I wanted you to see that you and I are the same or something it's just like you're speaking in riddles and shit nigga you're that's clearly her brother it gotta be it gotta be But the thing, the the hot topic, button pushing part of this episode was when Betty had went off on Veronica. Went all the way the fuck off because she is trying to um, put distance between them so that he doesn't kill her. And I don't know. That she... Exactly, And although Betty was going off and she was, like, low-key trying to, you know, separate her and Veronica, I feel like a lot of the shit was rooted in reality, which is, yeah, this whole... When a little bit of New York pops up, now she all of a sudden is turning into this different person. This man is like, oh, let's do these drugs. And that hasn't been a part of our life. And I'm all for trying new things, but you talk about all we do is eat hamburgers and have milkshakes every weekend bitch what and we also solve murders like where were you at this whole first season i feel like betty was justified in some shit that she was saying although she was doing it to distance herself also entertainment speaking of it's like every time the fucking pussy gets come on come on screen somewhere a, a couple minutes later they have to sing and dance I get that that's their stick, that's what they do, but it always feels like it's in service to these white folks to just make them get up and perform, and maybe I'm thinking too deeply into it, but no, I don't think so, like, what the fuck, like, Betty didn't trick them, manipulated them through social media last time, then this time we're doing the shit well, this time they made, I'm assuming that they got paid for that gig, so let me, I'm gonna back off, <laughs> but... The other, um, there were a lot of good moments we get where Alice shows up after her name is, her past has been brought up, and she in this damn red baby boy, you stay on my mind, been feeling my fantasy from that video. She was, that was, those were not her clothes, but all I saw was these, I don't know, these thick ass white sausage legs popping up. And I get it. Like, I get the entrance, I get the, the whole appeal of showing up unannounced and you know reporting on this billionaire dollar thing that, I don't know, Hiram is doing, where he's trying to revitalize the South Side and make a hotel and a Whole Foods and some other shit, but I'm thinking like, oh, you this was not a flattering ensemble at all. If it had have been a dress and a long, like, flowing dress, even a dress with a deep-ass split in it, yeah, but just seeing those Legs and those—it just seemed as if she wasn't comfortable, or she couldn't walk in her heels, or I don't know. But she she played it off, or she made it work for her. It just looked very odd to me. And if if you agree or disagree or whatnot, please hit me up on Twitter, care blur, leave a comment in on in the comments on SoundCloud or something like get at me because I. Don't want to feel as if I'm judging this woman's body as if she isn't free to wear what she wants, but something about that her popping up on screen and the way the camera like panned up her, and then it stopped at her breast for like a good while, like a good while. Now the necklace she wore was badass, but I feel like there was a snake on it, and I'm thinking like, is this her returning to her serpent roots, or what I don't know, but all overall, Alice was just there was something going on. <laughs> she looked like she was about to tip over here you know? um so taking a couple steps back at the party after Betty blows up on Veronica and leaves and it comes down to Nick and Veronica in the room, which I don't even know how much time has passed. Like, was this a whole night? Was this a few hours? Like, when did everybody else leave? How did y'all end up by yourselves together? Which isn't like, oh, it's creepy because you are friends, but there was just no continuity there within this. Well, there's none with time in Riverdale. It works however the hell it wants, apparently. But, um, which this is one of the things that kind of had me on the edge of my seat because I was like, I know they're not going to go there, which they went there where Nick was coming on to Veronica and coming on strong and essentially going to force her to have sex. No, no was going to rape her. I want to make it seem like it was consensual. So that being said, um, she smacked him and pushed him away or whatever. And she's like, no, you're doing too much. We're friends. And he's like, oh, we could be more than that or whatever. So, if that wasn't enough, I was like, okay, she smacked him. Now they're gonna do the whole, okay. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself and let him leave. But he says like, yeah, um, you something to the effect of because this isn't verbatim. You need to um, treat me a little better, you know, unless your your criminal dad wants this deal to go through, and I could think of some ways you could make me feel good or something. I was like, what the fuck is this? What time frames like? And it's not, mm, it's not. Discounting or discrediting like the, the situation at all because I'm sure that this happens if not like verbatim the way it was played out on screen it happens but it was just like what is going on here like that came out the blue and I guess he is the villain of the week like they brought him in to do all these things to do these drugs to do this cocaine to do this jingle jangle to try to rape Veronica and okay um it was weird so that doesn't work out, then we get to the uh, banquet thing, whatever, the next day, where um, Alice is wearing this, I don't know, Phoenix, Phoenix saga outfit, <laughs> and so he goes over, he being um, Nick, Nicky, the, the villain, to Veronica, he's like, you know, before you toss me out, you know, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself, and blah, whatever, it's like, oh, we could just get a drink, they don't get the drink. Fast forward a couple seconds, we get him and Cheryl. And it was like, I I was excited, kind of, sort of, like, okay, we got this guy who, he's rich, he's arrogant, he has this air about him. And I'm, it's convincing enough to me that if he just pops up, come in a couple episodes here and there, I can see a thing with him and Cheryl. But, of course, he tries to date rape her. And I'm just thinking, like, what is the logic here? And not that there's, like, a rule book or handbook to being this, like, creepy, skeevy guy. But I was thinking you at this banquet, whatever. You put this pill in her drink. She's going to, like, pass out right there in front of everybody. What, like, what? I don't understand how, how does this work? What is going on here? So we get the pussycats up there singing their heart out and whatever else. And then Cheryl starts to get lightheaded and falling out. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll take you. And she's like, oh, I need a little bit of air. Which, that was funny. And the reason this was funny to me is because I'm like, you're outside and then it wasn't funny, because I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. But I laughed for him, and like, why do you need air? You're outside. I mean, you're in, you're under a tent. But he he grabs her, not forcefully, but just like someone helping their drunk friend out of a club. But he grabs her, and he's walking with her. And while the pussycats are singing, and Veronica is up there singing with them, like, when did, I don't know. Like, she's just an honorary pussycat. So her and Josie see this. And in my head, I'm pissed because I'm like, the way the show was edited, I said, you motherfuckers going to keep singing? You're not about to go after him? But, of course, it was just... (laughs) Yeah, they got me again. So they go upstairs, and this scene, I loved it so much, and even though it was like a sinister dark overtone because we knew he was going to try to rape Cheryl, seeing this Veronica and the Josina Pussycats, like, running through the hotel gave me that old school scooby-doo archie josie and the pussycats um you know the scene in cartoons where they have you running through the hallways in a hotel or a house or something or open one door and then everybody ends up in another door like it gave me that vibe but i knew what they were going to do so it was not as enjoyable as it would have been if it had just been something silly Veronica goes and pulls this key. I don't. Then this. I don't know where she got this key to his room from. It was like it was outside on the housekeeper's cart or something. But she went in the door, said, Get off of her, grab this nigga. Josie, the pussycats, Veronica, beat the shit out of this boy. When I tell you, one scene, Veronica's heel went from floor being on the floor where heels are to all the way to the back of her head and she put the strength of every single one of her ancestors in that kick and kick this nigga in the head like then to see Valerie stumping his ass and I'm thinking like all the while this is happening these girls are in these glamorous ass furs and and lace tops and mini skirts and stilettos like these are they're dressed to the nines like they're dressed as if I don't know, it looked like a Danity Kane or a Vogue Italia or something. But they were dressed up. And to see them looking so dialed up and so glamorous but stumping this Nick, oh my God. The only thing I wish would have happened is that whoever does makeup for this show made Nick look a little more bloody and hurt and distressed. And I, get, I guess you kind of want your face because he's an actor, maybe that's it, you want your face on screen more, but I'm just like, damn, if they hadn't made it look like they actually whooped this nigga's ass, because we know they didn't like, really get him, but if we had of, had something like of that that was a good scene, that was a feel good scene, and um you know, we end with Betty at some creepy ass house and then talking to Archie he's like yeah I gotta go cause uh Cheryl's been through something and he like hangs up on her and I was like what what are you doing with <laughs> you hang up on her like why wouldn't you say hey Cheryl's been attacked meet us here it was just like yeah Cheryl's going through something and hang- or something happened to Cheryl and he hung up on her and I'm thinking like I don't know that was just odd to me the communication on this show is very trash um and she was like, "Yeah, I want to press charges and I want him dead. I want him to burn in hell and whatever else." And one whole storyline that I skipped over was Jughead becoming a serpent where apparently he was um either watching school days or burning sands or something because Jughead was online, uh he was pledging what? Serpent fire <laughs> serpent. <S-s-> you know. <laughs> no, he was um cuz it was it was just an odd mix like you're gonna join this gang you're gonna get initiated I, it just seemed like a lot of movies that i've seen with people trying to cross into other fraternities and sororities but um i got a kick out of that and the thing is he's tomorrow oh, i'm just i'm trying to take this seriously because archie's gonna start world war three and i'm trying to get in front of it it was just like the whole thing with him i don't it i don't believe it like, I like Jughead as a character. He's pretty cool, I guess. But I just don't believe it. And so, it's just, I was less interested in that. Um, him and Tony Topaz, apparently she's, like, really into him. And she's like, oh, if you're going to be a serpent, you got to die for us because we die for you. And that's what a gang is. And I'm saying like, what? Then I looked at the, um, previously on Riverdale. And there was a black guy in the group of serpents who came over to Archie's house last episode. Where the fuck is he at? Behind that preposition, <laughs> no. But where the fuck is he? For real, like I'm. You have these people sprinkled in here and there, and they they don't show up again. Like there's a black person in the Serpents, I guess. I, I don't know. Whatever. Besides Tony Topaz, and so Jughead's final initiation mission into the uh, Serpents was for him to walk like a soul train line, like through the Serpents, and they all punch him. They all beat him up. And I don't maybe that still goes on. I don't know, but at the very end, Sweet Pea uh, uses some brass knuckles and knocks him out again. Another point in which the hair and makeup could have made him look more bloody because it didn't. It didn't. You didn't sell that. Um, once his he hit the ground and his face was on the ground and shit. It was like a little cut on his cheek. Like, what are you doing? That's this. You've you've pulled me out of it. Um, but all the while I was thinking. If this is the initiation that you go through to be a serpent... Is this what happened to Tony? Was it a bunch of niggas just punching Tony Topaz in the stomach... In the chest? In the face? Or was it a bunch of serpent girls? And if that's the case... Where the hell are these women? Like it... I don't know. This whole episode was just a shit show of... Bad decisions and and unanswered questions... And answers for questions I never asked, Um. So finally... Uh, da, da 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 da. What's his name? The the black Mass is like, oh, you were telling Archie about our our conversations. She's like, you never said I couldn't. You never told me not to. Like, mm, I feel like that was implied. Come on. So um, he's like, yeah. Well, I'm gonna gut your sister like a fish or something. She's like, who no? Now she like gives reaction. Maybe she watched the first half of this episode and was like, mm, I need. I could give it a little bit more jazz. <laughs> so he's saying all this and she's like no he's like no and you you find me someone else give me another name and she's like no i can't do that so of course she ultimately names nick and um that fucked me up she was like um no i can't do this he's like, "Yeah, we're we're a lot alike we're more alike than you think and whatever else she's like oh i'm not like you and again doing that metaphor shit and um so she said <laughs> he says give me another name she says while, and this is so like the transition is she's like devastated that her sister's going to be murdered, and she's like, "Oh no, oh no, Paul!" Nick St. Clair, he's staying at the Five Seasons. I was like, All right, you crazy heifer! So that, in a nutshell, has been Chapter Eighteen. When a Stranger Calls. <laughs> um, favorite character, favorite scene. I'll say my favorite character. As always, it's everybody black, but more specifically, Josie and the Pussycats. I thoroughly enjoyed them this season, or this season, this episode, and sprinkle in a little bit of Reggie and a little bit of Cheryl. (laughs) This is getting out of control. Everybody my favorite. But no, in all seriousness, the Pussycats, Josie and Pussycats were my favorite this episode. Um, I like Veronica this episode. She was really... um, She kind of redeemed herself for me from the last episode. Not fully, because I'm still like, are we going to forget that Archie like, had a nervous breakdown and went on this villainous rampage throughout the... Like, I, whatever. Um, but yeah, my favorite would be Josie and the Pussycats. Favorite scene? I It's so hard to choose, because I really want to go with my first mind, which is Josie, the Pussycats, and Veronica beating this nigga ass while Cheryl is passed out on the bed. That's my go-to. But then I'm like, Betty fucking reading veronica like you ain't shit your daddy a criminal y'all hoes ain't about shit uh you gonna try to kill me this nigga come here from new york and now you done lost your mind like that's that was a good scene um so it's really between those two but i'm going to fall on the pussy pussycats beating nick's ass Nick ain't clear who's at the five seasons <laughs> and then when it comes to who is the black hood i'm i'm dead set on it being Betty's long lost brother Like that seems to be the only thing that makes sense to me Cause it's like somebody who He's fixated on Betty He knows a lot about her childhood You know about like the Nancy Drew book and shit Um He seems to know everything that's going on in that household And where it would probably be easy to say Oh that's Hal I think some kind of way The brother has Been in that house Maybe bugged the house Or just has access to Something um, I can't say, oh, it's probably alternate reality, reality, alternate personality for Betty. I can't see that. But he knows a lot about her. Things that, although her father is close to her, I don't think he would know. Um, So I, my first choice is, you know, long lost brother Cooper. Now, just to flesh out the list, I will say Sheriff Keller is still in there for me. Um, And then let me see. I don't know. Like I'm really kind of like dead set on it being her brother, and so I can investigate and get more evidence that would prove point to somebody else. <clears throat> that being said, who do you think killed? Excuse me, not killed. Who do you think the black mask is? And I'm really thinking it's her brother. If anybody else. Thinks that tweet me, Carefree Blur. Let me know why, or if you think it's someone else, or somebody who I haven't thought of. Please let me know. Like I, I wanna, I genuinely want to know what other people think because I'm just like this. Um, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much set on this. I'm fingers crossed that I'm right, but if I'm not, I hope it's not something that's disappointing. Like somebody that just threw in there, like, oh, it was Bob the Milkman the whole time. Like, no, I don't. We don't need that. So, um, yeah. That being said, stay carefree, um, stay out of the jingle jangle, and stay away from Nick St. Clair, who's at the five seasons. (laughs) All right, y'all.